please, this morning. We've said a little bit about Memorial Day in Sunday school. And can I remind you again, please don't forget, sometimes we have a tendency to melt Memorial Day and Veterans Day together. And it's, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. I think on a, a weekend like this, uh, we ought to recognize all who have served our country. I, I am one who bleeds red, white, and blue. I love America. I love what she was founded upon, uh, the principles of the Word of God. And um, now not everything about America is perfect, and there have certainly been mistakes through every generation of American history, including our founding uh, forefathers. But I still love America. I still believe that uh, it is founded upon the best governing principles that any nation could be founded upon. I believe that people ought to be free and should not have dictators ruling over them. I believe that God has given us those inalienable rights, and they were endowed upon us by our Creator, as it says in our founding documents. And so I think we should celebrate our freedoms on this weekend, and that we should thank all those who have served on our behalf. But at the same time, we, we, we can't forget that Memorial Day is not the same as Veterans Day. Uh, the purpose of Memorial Day is to remember those who literally gave their lives. And you know what bothers me about that? I, I, I spend most Memorial Day um, emotional because I love my country and I am so thankful for the sacrifice. But I also get bothered by so many that were so selfless and ended up in hell who didn't know the Savior that I know. And I see the great love that they had for their friends to lay down their life. And if they had only known that one had laid down his life for them. So I get uh, emotional because I love my country and I'm thankful for those that gave their lives for us, but I also get bothered that some of them died and didn't know Jesus. And they died for the same reason that Jesus died for, because they loved those around them and they were willing to give their lives for them. But their sacrifice could not be sufficient to save us from our sin. Only the one Jesus Christ could. In Hebrews chapter number 13, we're going to read a few verses here this morning. Let's all stand to our feet, if we could please, in honor of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter number 13. The Bible says, let brotherly love continue. Now, God has spent a good portion of this book speaking to the Hebrews. Hence the name of the book. <laughs> so, remember the Hebrew people... Many of them did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. They were still looking for another. But they had adopted still all of those Old Testament sacrifices and they were continuing to move forward with the Old Testament, tradi Old Testament traditions which they had been handed by Abraham and by others and by Moses and so on. And so... God is pointing out to them through a good portion of this book that Jesus Christ was the final sacrifice. That He was the one that they needed to be looking to. And so, 
he then switches. And he begins to speak of faith as we see the great faith chapter in Hebrews chapter number 11. And then he begins to speak to them about their faith and the constancy of their faith in chapter 12. And then in verse number 13, he begins to give them some personal instruction about how we should all live as Christians once we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and understood His one and only necessary sacrifice for our sins. And he says in verse number 1, Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. I could stop there and talk about that for a little while. Angels don't always look like the things that we think. You could one day have somebody show up to talk to you or to help you or to seek help from you who could simply be an angel of God. That's another message for another time. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. And he goes on and gives them more instruction. He goes to verse number 7, and he says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God. Speaking of preachers and those who have gone before as well. Whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar, whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle, for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please speak to hearts this morning and help me as I preach. Lord, there is nothing that I can say or do that will help your people. This has to be your hour this has to be your service. I yield it to you and I beg you please to speak. Please do the work that only you can do. I pray for your anointing touch on this service. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. and Amen. You can be seated. Verse number 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today, and forever. If you read the portion of Scripture and meditate on it and try to think it through, the truth is that not even some of the po most popular commentators, which we look at, Matthew, Henry, and others, can tell you necessarily why that verse has been thrown in the middle of a bunch of behavior verses. It, it kind of sticks out. It's almost like it doesn't belong. He's telling us how to behave with our brethren. He's telling us how to behave in marriage. He's telling us how to live in our lives, let our lives be or conversation be without covetousness. 
He tells us to follow those which have been an example to us, who have spoken unto us the Word of God, whose faith follow. He says in verse number 9, Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. He tells us to go forth unto Him without the camp, bearing His reproach. He gives us all of these Christian instructions at the end of this book that is a reminder that Jesus was the only sacrifice that was necessary, that He was the final sacrifice, and He was the one that completed all of the other sacrifices and made them null and void, and they didn't matter anymore because only the sacrifice of Jesus could save somebody from their sins. And so He has spent all of this time in the book of Hebrews expressing these things, and then He tells everybody about their faith, and then He begins to teach us how to behave as He closes the book, and right in the middle of all of that, He says something that seems to be disconnected from everything else, and He just says, almost like He's crying from His heart not to forget something, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. It almost seems out of place, except maybe for one simple truth. In the middle of all of this instruction, we're reminded about why we should do it. In the middle of all of these rules, to keep yourselves pure and to live peaceably with all of the brethren and to remember them that are in bonds and, and suffer adversity as being ourselves also in the body and to keep ourselves honorable in marriage and to make sure that our marriage relationships are right and to make sure that we bear His reproach. He says in the midst of all that, remember that Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday and today and forever. And sometimes I believe that our Christian behavior and our Christian actions can begin to get a little old. If you will, we start to take a few things for granted. Kind of similar to the way that sometimes our freedoms to us can get a little old. We forget how it is that they came to us. We forget why it is that we're able to meet in a church today and worship freely. Yes, those things were given to us by God, but also they were defended by the blood of people that shed their own blood so that we could meet today and have church when other countries have mandated churches that you have to go to because it's the state church. We don't have a state church because we fought against a dictatorship in England that mandated a state church known as the Anglican Church and we left there so that we could come here and worship God as we choose. So the blood of patriots in the early days of our country was shed largely so that we could worship God freely and that is not just my opinion, it is recorded all through history. But it was not only 
blood that was shed so that we could worship God freely. It was blood that was shed so that we could work freely and so that our money that we earn on a weekly basis could be kept to ourselves as much as possible and not have to pay too high of taxes, although research has been done when our forefathers were saying that the taxation was high and they were literally able and willing to fight a war over it, it was less than it is today. Take that for what it's worth. Willing to toss a whole bunch of tea into the Boston Harbor and say we're not buying it because you're taxing us too much and we're not being represented in, in, in well it wasn't Congress, but, but anyway, we're not being, giving, uh, being given proper representation. Tossed all the tea over the side and said, you know what, you're not going to make us buy it and we're not going to pay taxes on it. You cannot, cannot mandate on us how we're going to live and how we're going to be taxed. And so they fought for those things. They fought for their freedoms to worship. They fought for their freedoms to have the ability to earn their own money and be able to keep it for themselves and do with it as they please instead of a government taking it all from you and telling you that they would do best with all of your money, that they would distribute it evenly and that they would take care of everybody. They fought for those things and they died for those things. <laughs> they fought and died so that we could have all of the freedoms that we have today. That we could have the freedom of speech that we, we could have the freedom and right to bear arms, that we could have the freedom to do all of those things. And sometimes as we live in this life and as we live in America, we forget that there are a whole lot of countries that don't have those rights and that they have been bought with a price. Amen. It's on this weekend that often we begin to have a little patriotism well up in us and remember why it is that we have those freedoms, and we should. But all in the same way, can I say this? When church begins to get a little old, remember Jesus. When living for Him begins to get a little old, remember Jesus. When reading your Bible seems to just be another part of your day, not as precious as it used to be, remember why you do it. Remember Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday and today and forever. Nobody else can boast that. While there are some who died on our behalf, they are not the same today as they were when they if they knew the Lord Jesus Christ, then uh, there will be a time when we will all meet them in the air and have a glorified body, and we will not be the same, but we will see Him as He is, and He will be the same. We shall all be changed, but He will be the same. The Savior who died on the cross of Calvary sometimes gets a little bit old to us. And when Christianity begins to get a little bit stagnant, I believe what God is doing is He is inspiring in the middle of a whole bunch of Christian instruction to remind everybody, He has inspired in His Word, should I say, in the midst of a whole bunch of inst uh, Christian instruction about how we ought to live, He is trying to draw out to our minds why it is. that our spiritual freedom from sin is so precious. Amen. 
why it is that church is so precious. Why it is that all of these things that we've been asked to do is so precious. Little by little, we have a tendency to let the Christian life grow old. In the same way that we are reminded of the reasons why we have freedoms in America, we are reminded that this is the reason that we have freedom from sin and the reason that we have freedom from the captivity to it and the reason why we have the ability to live this life with peace and not with all of the turmoil and weight that comes with the weight of our sin, but rather that the reason that we as Christians ought to be living and breathing and serving is not because it's just another thing to do, not because it's just another Sunday, not because it's just another day to read our Bible, but because Jesus Christ died to save us from our sins, that He gave the ultimate sacrifice for us, and that it is worth our time to live for Him, not out of out of uh, mechanical activity, not out of constant and continual activity, but out of our hearts remembering our Savior. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, He is the same substitute and propitiation for our sins as He was the day that we got saved. Do you understand that the blood of Jesus Christ still covers your sins today the same way that it did the day that you got saved? That when we feel worthless because we've sinned against Him again, that it's still the same today? That's what it was back then. And when the devil whispers in your ear and tells you that what you have done is too far and what you have done and said and thought that that's too far and that you've dug your hole too deep, that if you truly put your faith and trust in the blood of Jesus Christ, that it still applies today the same. That it's the same today as it was yesterday and it will be the same tomorrow as it is today. That there will never be a day There will never be a day that I will be without the grace of Jesus. And my friend, that makes every day lived for Christ as good as it was the first day that you lived for Him. You remember how fresh and new and sweet it was when you first got saved? Remember how you couldn't wait to get to church 
Remember how you couldn't wait to sing the songs again? Remember how you couldn't wait to go to Sunday school again? Remember how you couldn't wait to open your Bible again? You know why? Because your salvation was new. It was fresh. And you knew who you were when you came to Jesus. And you may have forgotten that over the years. But can I tell you that He's the same today. And that your forgiveness is the same. And that His salvation is the same. And that, as I said recently, nothing has changed. He's the same substitute and propitiation today as he ever was. And the devil would have you to live in regret. And the devil would have you to live down and frustrated with your mistakes. Because when you're that way, you're not as useful to God. And when you're that way, you can't live in joy and peace and he seeks to devour you. But I'm here to interrupt to remind you that when you knelt at this altar or when you asked Jesus Christ to save you and when you put your faith and trust in Him that the day He saved you, it's still just the same as it was then, today. He's still the same substitute and propitiation that He ever was. Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 10, just a few chapters before this, verses 3 and 4, but in those sacrifices, the old ones of the Old Testament, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should not take or, or, or should take away sins. He says, look, every year when we bring our, 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 our atonement sacrifices and, and constantly when we bring our sins, it's a reminder of our sins. It's a remembrance again made of sins every year. But then he says this, and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. By one offering. We don't have to go to the tabernacle and the temple over and over again and be reminded of who we once were. Woo! It's been covered forever. And while the devil loves to drag us through our old sins and loves to drag us through our past, there was one sacrifice that was made that God doesn't want us to be drugged back to the tabernacle to see the sacrifice made over and over and over again, but rather to remember the one sacrifice that was all that we needed for all of our sins, past, present, and future. The same. The same substitute and propitiation. The same salvation. Oh, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus did the hard part so that we could do the easy part so that we could simply believe that only the blood of Jesus can wash away our sin and that only His sacrifices would work. And He took upon Himself the sins of the whole world and became our sin for us that it could be placed upon His cross and that we could leave it all there forever. Past, present, and future. Amen. 
our sins nailed to his cross. The same today as he was when he saved you and the same tomorrow as he is today. And I want to say this and I need to be done. Not only the same sacrifice and propitiation and the same salvation, but the same reason. I said it to start the message, but I want to say it again. Sometimes we need to be reminded why the Christian life is precious. And can I say, the Christian life is precious certainly because of the blessings that God gives us and all the things that He heaps upon us. I read through Corinthians again here recently and I saw, wait, 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 wait. Uh, Romans I think actually. I don't remember. No, it's the first few chapters of Corinthians. Where Paul reminds us, what do we have that we have not received? What do we have that has not been given to us? Yes, God blesses us abundantly and heaps upon us blessings that, my soul, you cannot have outside of the Christian life. But that is not the most precious reason to live this Christian life. The most precious reason that we stand in this faith today, the reason we ought to sing, the reason that we ought to preach, the reason that we ought to, to attend is not because God has heaped upon us blessings and all He does, but how many times will we go through stages in life where the blessings aren't there and the challenges of life have come upon us and it's still just as good to go to church not because of the physical blessings but because of the blessing that we have that we have a reason to come to church that goes way beyond all of the things of this life. It's a Savior who died for our sins, who is worthy of our praise, is worthy of our time, is worthy of our attention, is worthy of our attendance, is worthy of a little Bible time, is worthy of a little prayer time. It's not just when things are good, it's when things are bad. We should remember that it's the same. That Jesus is the same. And that he's still worthy going to church for, regardless of how our life is going. That he's still worthy of our honor. That he's still worthy of our praise. And when the bills are tight and the health isn't good, he's still worthy for us to raise our hands in praise and say, Oh God, thou art worthy. The same substitute and propitiation and salvation and the same reason to live. Because we're reminded when things aren't going so well, this world isn't our home anyway. He's worth living for regardless of all of that. 
Jesus Christ. The same. The same substitute, sacrifice, propitiation, salvation. The same. And the same reason today to live for Him as it ever was. Not because of what He does, but because of who He is. One of these days, when we're in heaven and all of the things of this life have passed away, there will be one reason why we shout. (laughs) It won't be because of the cars and houses and shoes that we had in this earth. (laughs) One day when we stand before Him, we won't sing with the host because of that vacation we got to take with our family. We'll sing because we get to look upon Him who was pierced. And we'll join the chorus with all of the cares of this life as they drop away with our old flesh and all we see is our Savior. Jesus Christ the same. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please speak to hearts as only you can. Lord, if there is anybody that is here that is lost and on their way to hell, I I beg you, please convict them of their sin. Show them they need a Savior. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody